Hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome to I Have a Strange Story Story Podcast. podcast. It'll never be the same. I know. It was so good when we were together. It was. Um... So this is the podcast where two sisters retell people's strange and paranormal experiences and stories. And I'm sister number two. I'm Lindsay. (laughs) Okay. You're number one. (laughs) Yay. I'm Rebecca. I am number one. Usually I'm number two (laughs) because my initials can be BM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you just get, get it. Took a while. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I put you at number one because you're older. That's right. Mm-hmm. Older and wiser. Mm-hmm. More experienced. I'm younger and dumber. Oh, not dumber. Okay. Don't think so. Um. So today we have a couple of stories for you, but first. We have some announcements. Did you want to talk about the shirts? Yeah, we got shirts. Mm. <laughs> Ta-da! That's about if it. You, yeah, if you want to buy one, uh, hit us up. But mm-hmm. I think we're going to try to make it so that you can purchase it through Etsy. Yeah, correct? that's going to be the best solution. Yeah, yeah. So uh, We've had one person purchased a shirt and a pen. Yeah. And today I was like, okay, I'm going to get everything and I'm going to mail it. And then, um, you know, I got everything that's in my car and I went to the store and I got some stuff and then I left the store and I went home and I was like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So the shit is just in my, it made it to my car. Well, that's a start. Yeah. I think it's going to make it tomorrow. Cool. Okay. Um, all right. So there's that. And Mm -hmm. then I have, um, a review. Cool. Yeah. We don't know who the person is. We don't, and that's amazing. It's a score. Yeah. Okay, this says, great stories and awesome dot, 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 dot. That's three dots. And it's yeah. from, I don't know how to say this. It's from Akamurlingo. There you go. Akamurlingo, like waka waka. It sounds like aka. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> um, so it's five stars, and they say, I've been listening for a few weeks and love it. They share great stories and add more depth to the topics discussed. They have phenomenal sister chemistry, and I feel like I'm with my own sisters when I listen. I've laughed, cried, and double-checked my door locks with these ladies. Pour a glass of wine or two and binge the show. It's got soul, humor, suspense, chills, and gals are so charismatic. Can't wait for more. Oh, my God. That's so sweet. very nice. So, Aww. whoever, Akamurlingo, um, <laughs> if you send us on social media, you know, Facebook or email or Instagram, Instagram, um, your address will send you some stickers. Yeah. For the kind Thank review you. that you sent us. That's a very nice review. I yes. liked it. Yes. Um, okay. All right. We have anything else? No. I got a Friday the 13th tattoo. Girl, you sure did. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really cute. cute. It's cute. Yeah. yeah. We can, um, I can post that on Instagram if you want. Uh, no? No. Okay. It's high up on my thigh. Yeah. So I feel weird about it. Okay. That's understandable. Hey world, look at my Here's thigh. Here's my thigh. <laughs> I know, it feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> my boss was like, oh, I want to see the tattoo. And then he said, if it's appropriate. 
<laughs> that was it was it was before I, I just told him I was gonna get it and he was like well, oh I yeah see and then he backtracked and he was like uh <laughs> I mean depending where it is I know I, well my peer was there and she was like me too she said but only if it's appropriate I agree <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> no one's getting it okay that's cool yeah only not even you Instagram see it like me oh well you know listeners are special but you know you can't see my thing Okay, that's fine. Okay. Maybe I can just send the picture of you pointing at it, like, okay. on the sheet. Okay, that, this is the one that? that I got. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All right, cool. Okay. Um. Well, then I guess we have nothing left to do but our show. <laughs> <laughs> four right? minutes in, and Jeez, we're getting to it. Only four minutes? We usually yeah. talk for quite a while. Okay. I know. All right, Not well, this, this is different. Um. All right, well, this is episode 48. <clears throat> we've almost done this 50 times dang i know just a reminder so this story comes to us from an american who was in germany at the time cool and this is a while back um because this took place on an army base in west germany as it was but we know there's no more west germany it's just germany right Okay. I mean, unless they're describing, like, just the direction that they were in. I wasn't sure because they said as it was. Okay. And so I was assuming they were talking about... I mean, but that's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyways, it was a dark autumn evening, and he was about 13 years old, and he was with his friend who was, like, 15. So that probably means he was cool if he was hanging out with a 15-year-old. Yeah. Um. So then... We're going to describe the area. There's an area behind the all of the homes on the base. It's a green open area. It has a play area. And it's a very dark area. There's one street light um, that's over there. So if you get the point, it's really dark. Super but dark. the rest of the streets, like on the base, like near all the homes, there's a ton of street lights um, that light it up. It's easy to see. Um, and... That dark area is about 100 meters away from all the homes where the streetlights are. Okay. Can you picture it? It's in my mind. Okay. So I can't read my handwriting. So I'm going to have to skip that sentence and go to the next. So at this time of the night, there's no traffic. (laughs) Um, It wasn't busy. There wasn't anybody else around or out. It was really just these two guys walking around kind of shooting the shit. So it's starting to get late. He knows he needs to get home. So they start to head towards that dark area behind all the homes because I think they're going to walk through it to get to their neighborhood. Um, So as they're walking to that area, they come to a dead stop because on the main road, they can see something moving. It's moving right to left, and it's a figure. It looks vaguely human-shaped, but they described it as wavering, like cloth underwater. Uh-oh. So they're watching it, and it glided down the middle of the road. He says it looks like it was about 8 to 10 feet tall, much bigger than an uh, average size human. Um, and it wasn't walking. It wasn't, you know, when people walk, how you kind of, you'd see their head bob up and down, right? Yeah. There was none of that. It was just gliding. It was smooth. Um, and it was... It was gliding very quickly. He said at like a fast walking pace. It was all black. 
He said it's not like it was dressed in black clothes, but it was a hole cut into the night. Oh. Yeah. It's almost like a... I know. It reminds me of like, what if it's like a portal or something? Yeah. That was a really good description. I thought so too. Yeah. Um, So they stared at this for what seemed like an eternity, but it was really like two to three seconds. He thinks they're standing there taking it all in. And he just whispered to his friend to make sure, like, do you see that? And his friend responded that he certainly did see that. Um, And they're whispering. And whenever they talked, the figure stopped. It changed directions. And then it started to head towards them. Oh, oh. so they're um, they're in this dark area walking through it. And, you know, they're looking down and can see this figure in the lit up area of the base. Um, So he says the last image that he saw was the figure rising up and going over the curb. So he noted that it obeyed the physical world, which is, I mean, fucking like if it's a fucking portal, it's not going to go over a curb. Yeah, I would go through it. Right? Yeah. But it, ste- it like stepped up over the curb. Oh. Yes. Um, so they broke and they he said they just ran for their lives. So mm-hmm. they made it to the street where it's lit up. Um, and they were on their friend's block. And I think his friend just fucking booked it to his home and kind of left him there. That sounds about <laughs> right. Like that's well, yeah. one that's one way you know this is a real story. Is Ever that a child left a child yeah. behind? Yeah. That's yeah. what would happen. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm thinking of whenever I was in seventh grade. Do you remember my best friend at the time, Rachel? Mm-hmm. We yeah. thought somebody had broke into her house. And she literally grabbed me and pushed me forward towards what where the person would have been. <laughs> and she turned around and ran. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, she was fucking awful. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> No one broke in, though. Um, Okay. So then as he's he's standing there trying to figure out how the fuck is he going to get to his house. But he also is saying, if I don't fucking make it home, my dad is going to kill me. I'm assuming his dad is pretty strict. I'm assuming his dad's in the military. Probably. Um, And so he debated it for not very long. And then he finally says he just booked it and he just looked straight ahead of him. He wouldn't look either way to see where the figure was. Um, and he finally made it to his house. He was about 10 minutes late. He got in the door and he was in trouble for being late. And as soon as he got in the door, you know, his family, his parents just kind of laid into him about being late. So he didn't tell them what had happened. He just went to bed after that. Um, and that's all, that's, that's where that story ends. But he says, he also described that day as like a warm autumn night where the Mm -hmm. weather was so nice that you didn't even think about it. Yeah. And he says every night that he experiences that same type of weather, he thinks about that. Oh, no. Whatever the hole cut into the earth or whatever it was. Weird. And it's a little nervous, I know. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> it is. It's like PTSD and it's about yeah. good, you know, nice weather. Yeah. It's weird how that shit can trigger Yeah. those thoughts and fears and... I'm trying to think of something weird like that that's triggering for me. You know, for a while, I whenever I would see a white car, uh-huh. I would get nervous. 
Speaking of friends leaving you behind, um, whenever I was like 16, we went to Little Caesars uh-huh. and we took my car there and oh, we got a God. pizza. Yes. Yeah. And so I was with my best friend at the time, you mm-hmm. and your best friend. Mm-hmm. And I got out of my car and a white car pulled up behind us and the guy got out and he's like, hey, uh, I, you know, I work at Little Caesars and I saw you and I was wondering if I could have your number. And so like the guy's much older than us. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I don't remember and, how old he was though. Yeah. We and young. we were, I was like 16. Yeah. And uh, you guys left me in the yard with this guy. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think as a 13-year-old, I didn't understand how scary that was. Yeah. I think as a 13-year-old, I was like, how romantic. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, I knew as a 16-year-old how wrong it was because I called Little Caesars and I was like, look, this dude followed me home. He works for you guys. Uh, I don't feel comfortable about it. And luckily the guy that I talked to was like my classmate and he's like, yeah, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. I thought he got fired. I think he did get fired. Yeah, he should. But then that's scary because then you think he's going to come back to the house. He already fucking knows where you live because he followed you home. (sighs) Weirdo. When we picked up the pizza. Exactly. Gosh, I can't think of anything. I have never had gin and grapefruit juice in my entire <laughs> life uh-huh. since that one Christmas Eve that I had it. Oh, where you almost died? Did I almost die? Was I at her parents' house? Yeah. No, you didn't almost die, but you were not well the next day. <laughs> <laughs> the plan was dad was like, drink it and get Becky to drink so she'll stay the night. And I was like, okay. So I was like fucking slamming them back. And then... Uh-huh. You were like, well, I'm leaving. You were like, I, I'm going to leave. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then the next morning while we were opening gifts, you would look at me and go like, Bleh. like you would act like you're going to throw up. And then I'd be like, Maggie, and I would have to run and throw up. <laughs> Do you remember that? Good times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What a shitty plan on her father's part to get me drunk enough not to leave the house. <laughs> I don't know what he was Come thinking. on. Yeah. He wanted you to stay. Yeah, I did, but I mean, I, I did. I was gonna come back, so it's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, good times. Yeah, that's life. That's it's life. life. You oh. get drunk. You never want to see a certain type of alcohol ever again. Hell no. Everybody's got one. Well, that's my story. Do y'all like weird stuff? How about mysterious stuff? Are you a skeptic? Or a believer? Want to hear the legend? And the facts? And the lore? And the science? And the myth? And the theories? Come on down to None of This Is Real. The podcast for all things mysterious and weird. With us, Doomsday Demini. And Sarah Sinkhole. Lifelong friends who have spent years poking their fingers through the veil. All while making each other laugh till it hurts. Find us on all the major podcast (laughs) platforms and social media. That's None of This Is Real, the podcast. You don't have to believe any of this but you do have to believe on yourself believe all over (laughs) yourself (laughs) sweet a short story it was well luckily i have a long story oh good 
Yeah, so I've been holding on to this baby for quite a while. Um, this was actually our first story ever that was emailed Shut to up. us. Oh, yeah. Wait, uh, okay, I don't know. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this actually comes from one of my friends. His name is George. And uh, I actually met George through his wife that I used to work with named Andy. You know these people. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so he sent us this story, and it's really cool. It's a little long, but it's great. Um, so I thought that I would share this today. Um, so this story actually takes place in Colorado, where I reside now. Okay. Yeah. So this starts back in 1998, a long time ago. That's whenever Taylor Swift was born. God. Nope, she's 89. (laughs) Whoa. Jeez. I know, right? She was born in the 80s. True. Doesn't make me feel that old, but whatever. Um, So back in 98, uh, George was dating a girl who uh, recently lost her father. Um, and he lived alone in a house, and she inherited the house. So um, whenever he met her, she was in the process of moving into the home from her apartment, and he was helping her move in. Mm-hmm. And um, she didn't have a whole lot of furniture and stuff. Uh, so the, he said that they were kind of just playing house. They were having a good time, you know, hanging out together in this home. And, um, and uh, anyways... She also inherited a little bit of money. So she used this money to pay off her car and buy a little bit of furniture for the house. And so what they had, or what she had, was um, an air mattress and a nightstand. And that's kind of what she used in her bedroom. Um, They weren't living together. So at the time, uh, they would just hang out at each other's house on the selected days. But he said that he would usually go home in the evening. So he never really stayed the night there. Okay. But one night, he gets a call kind of around midnight or after midnight. And she's like, hey, dude, I don't feel comfortable sleeping alone. And I think that the emptiness and the quietness of the house is getting to me. And and I think I'm hearing things. And it might just all be in my head. But if you don't mind, can you come over? Um, And so he says at this point, like, this is Colorado. So houses can be quiet. Uh, without even so much as an AC unit or a furnace blowing. Um, And the only ceiling fan she had was in the living room. So some houses don't even have an AC. I think that this has changed now. I think a lot of people are are adopting or buying ACs for their home. Yeah. (laughs) It's getting a little hot. Um, So she sounded scared. And so he, he got out of bed, he got dressed, and he headed over to her house. And about 15 minutes later, they went to bed. So just kind of a quick background at this house, about this house. Um, It's a two-story home that doesn't have like a big basement, Um, but it's more like a lower landing den kind of area Mm -hmm. Um, and just a couple of stairs and there is a crawl space down there. And so like on the main level is the entry area, the dining room and the kitchen. And then there's, and then the upstairs is where all the bedrooms are. And so there's okay. that. And so a crawl space, which not a whole lot of people knows, know what that is. I'm assuming I didn't know what a crawl space was until I came to Colorado, but it's, uh, it's like this little doorway 
um, to to an area under your house. So like in Texas. Oh, it's like if you have a pier and beam house. Okay, I don't know what that is. That means there's no foundation. It's like the house is on stilts. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Except this is like you get in through your house. So we have a crawl space in our house. What? Yeah, we do. And it's it's in my closet. So there's a little door in my closet. (laughs) Yeah, not creepy at all. I know. Um, So anyways, that's the house. Uh, So they're on the their air mattress and they're just laying there quietly and he's listening to the house and he hears a few creaks. Um, but it's to him, it's kind of more like house setting stuff and he didn't feel alarmed. And so finally they went to bed and he fell asleep, but he awoke a short time later with just an overwhelming sense of being cold. And we're talking like outside at night with no shirt on cold. And in Colorado, it gets cold. (laughs) Yeah. Another thing. Um, It was so cold, in fact, that he was starting to see his own breath while he was laying there. Yeah. And so he, he noticed that he was still covered up. The blanket was still on top of him. And, uh... But it was like he didn't have anything on. He was just so fucking cold. And then he was, he had this like altered sense of sound and pressure. He describes it as like when you plug your ears and your eyes uh-huh. and that sound is kind of muffled, kind of rumbling. Like, I guess you're hearing your blood whooshing or something. Yeah. So that's what he's hearing. And he, he starts to say, Margaret. And he reached over her to, to touch her, to shake her awake, but it was difficult to speak. And the air was so cold that it dried his throat out. So he, he, it was hard for him to swallow. It was hard for him to, to speak. It's probably hard for him to move, too. Um, but at, f- after a couple of temps, attempts, she finally ro- rolled, o- rolled over, and then she lost her shit. She's like, what the fuck is going on? She started rubbing his chest. She was trying to warm him up as best as she could. And then he was like, you're not feeling this right now? You're not (laughs) freezing? And she was like, no, I'm good. And (laughs) after a few panicked moments, he he finally started to warm up. And after he recovered, he was like, well, what the fuck is going on? How did this happen? Um, the temperature in the room was completely normal. The outside temperature was like 60 degrees. So it wasn't that cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not even cold enough in the house to trip the heater to turn on. So eventually they laid back down, but he didn't sleep the rest of the night. He just kept on like holding Margaret. That's his girlfriend's name, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So he kept on holding Margaret and... Um, he started to listen to the weird noises in the house and he would hear pipes pinging and wood creaking. But now it didn't seem like normal house setting stuff. Now it seemed innocuous. Mm. Not innocuous. It seemed weird. Okay. Okay. So over the next couple of nights, um, he stayed there because she still didn't feel safe. He's a good boyfriend. 
Um, over the next couple of nights, they would continue to experience odd situations. And on night three, they heard a commotion, uh, like a sound of multiple things falling on the ground. Mm-mm. And when they went downstairs, all of the items that were pinned to the fridge with magnets were on the floor. Like all the magnets had just been given out, had just given out suddenly. Yeah. There's no more magnets in the back of it. So what is this? Stranger Things 3? I haven't seen it. Oh, ah, ah. okay. Maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then the, the following night, they heard um, bad pipe creaking. And they followed the sound down into the lower landing half basement area of the house where the furnace and the stove style, like style fireplace was. Um, the sound was definitely coming from it, but it was not lit. And like, nobody's going to go down there because it both gave them a sense of dread and warding. Okay. Mm -hmm. So after about a week of that, they decided uh, it's probably not good to be in the house at night. Um, So she started crashing at his apartment, even though it was a really, it took her longer to get to work, but she's like, I don't want to be there at night. And he's like, I understand. Um, That weekend, though, he went back home to visit his family in Thornton, and he told his mom what had been going on. And so his mom is a rather superstitious, like, religious person. Um, So, of course, she jumped to the Amityville story. She's like, the devil's in that house. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's where my mind would go to. Um, And then she's like, you know what you should do? You should take your dog Max over there. Because, you know, dogs can sense weird things. Um, And just as a side note, Max was a little terrier that looked a bit like Benji. And he was tough, fearless um, when it came to, you know, defending its home from like postal workers and fireworks. (laughs) 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 So anyways, she was like, take the dog. Maybe he'll pick up on something that's going on. George says, brilliant idea. What could go wrong? (laughs) So he took Max uh, home, called up Margaret, who is at her mom's place. And they were like, hey, I got my dog. (laughs) 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 Maybe, maybe he can figure some shit out. And so she's like, yeah, cool. Let's do that. And so they meet up at her house. And uh, so Max is on a leash. They're at the door. They open the door. And uh, all three of them walk in. And so at that point, Matt, um, George went to take Max's leash off and let him, you know, wander around. Mm-hmm. And so normally what a dog would do is you let him off the leash and they immediately go sniffing every corner, possibly peeing. Oh, yeah. You know. It's a nightmare. Yeah. And, you know, just doing things that dogs do. Max didn't move. He did not move one little tiny paw. Instead, he was fixated on the stairs that were leading to the lower basement den area. Mm. And so George is like, hey, you okay? Before he could get any of that out, Max begins to reverse sneeze violently. So if you guys have never seen a dog reverse sneeze, a lot of people think that their dog is having an asthma attack. Mm -hmm. But they're just going (laughs) like constantly. It seems like they can't breathe when they're doing it. Yeah, and it's not a big deal typically. 
it looks scarier than it is, but it's usually very benign. So he starts to do this violently. And George is smart. He's seen this before. And he'd seen other dogs do it. Um, But he just starts to try to pet him and comfort him. And that's what you're supposed to do, by the way. Um, Just kind of rub their throat gently. Mm -hmm. Um, But he says, unlike a normal reverse sneeze episode that's over in a few seconds, Max just kept on going. And then he began to drool. And eventually, he literally collapsed into his (gasps) arms and began convulsing. No. Yeah. Margaret starts screaming and opens the front door. George scoops up his little dog and and George just yells, leave him alone. And so, like, Margaret is over there trying to open the door. But for some weird fucking reason, the screen door won't open. And she's struggling to get it open like it had gotten stuck or locked. So eventually they just kicked the damn door open. And they both ran out into the yard screaming. So... George has Max in his arms. He drops to his knees and starts just like tending to Max in, in the only way that he knows how to do. So he's just by his side and like making sure that he's not choking on his tongue. and He's rubbing his chest and, you know, just trying to comfort him as much as he could. And eventually Max stops convulsing and his breathing returns, uh, to a normal kind of stress panting. Um, and kind of started to come too, but he was struggling to get to his feet and, and like, he just, he just kind of wobbled and tried to get as far away from the house as possible. So George like scooped his dog up and he and Margaret both, uh, got to the car and left immediately. Side note, zero fucks given that the front door was wide open, says George. So they went back to uh, his parents' place uh, to drop off Max. And the dog went from whining in fear as they left to just sitting there, staring off out the window like disturbed. I'm sad. I'm scared he's never going to be the same. (laughs) I don't think that happened, but we'll just say it doesn't happen. So, of course, they get to George's parents' house. George's mom freaked out. And George was like... I told her it was a pretty silly idea, remembering that it never ends well for dogs in haunting movies. And we all agreed that this house was six ways of legit haunted. Hell yeah. Yeah. Did she sell it? Uh, Are you we're done? getting Sorry. there. I am not done, Lindsay. There's oh. more. Oh, yeah. Okay. Shit. Keep going. Yeah. Get some popcorn, grab your glass of wine or whatever. Because George says, well, this is where it gets even weirder. No. Yeah. So Margaret had been talking to her mom and was telling her about what was going on. And, um, and her mom was then telling one of her, her friends who was a medium. And when she heard what was happening with Max, uh, she told him that she was willing to come check the, check the house to see what was going on and, and just see what the vibe was. So one morning, Margaret, her mom, her mother's friend, which was the medium, And George all met up at the house. And at this point, George is like, sure, she's a medium. Because I didn't think any of this other shit was supposed to be possible in the real world. So, yeah. (laughs) Now I believe. Um, But this is an interesting side story. This could have been a whole story by itself. But I'm glad that George put it in because it's really cool. So, 
this part sold him that she was something special um, whenever he was introduced to her. So he says, whenever I shook her hand, she paused for a second and grabbed it with her other hand. She gave me a weird look and then turned to Margaret and said, I can see why you're with him. And he's like, girl, I know. (laughs) It's like, I know I'm good looking. (laughs) And then... (laughs) And then she says, he has a very bright aura, a very strong aura. And he's like, oh. And then uh, (laughs) she then turned to to George and said, do you live near a lot of trees? And he's like, trees? What kind of hippie shit is this? And he goes, "Uh, not really. My apartment complex is pretty new. So a bunch of baby trees? Um. And then she said, you should try to be amongst the trees more. They're a great source of energy and power for you. So this is where it gets interesting. The moment she said this, he was instantly struck with a very, very old memory, like when he was like nine or 10 years old. Um, So at this point in the memory, which happened when he was nine or 10, uh, they were traveling. They had traveled to Florida to visit uh, family and friends on his mom's side. Uh, his grandmother, who came over from Cuba, had a lot of Cuban friends, and they were living in Haile. I think that's how you say it. Uh, so he says, Cuban culture is a bit eclectic. In addition to the Catholic beliefs held by the most of the island, um, it also has a fair representation of Jehovah's and those who practice Santeria. Oh, man. Yeah. He also mentions, but I, but I ain't got no crystal ball. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, so, <laughs> uh-huh. Do we need to Were explain you, what Santeria is? Do you want to? Because I'm not going to be able to. Um, all I know is that it's a religious practice mm-hmm. that has, like, priests and okay. that... They use, like, they, you know, use crystals and tarot cards and all that stuff. But they also sometimes do things like sacrifice animals. Okay. Not all of them do. Mm -hmm. Like, I know um, my good friend's brother practices Santeria. Okay. um, But he does not sacrifice animals. He's actually vegan. Oh, okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. But it's it's has a bad reputation because of that, the sacrifice of animal things. So do you think it's kind of related to like a witchcraft? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, not to say that witches sacrifice anything either, right. but okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Thanks for explaining that. Well, you know, I didn't really explain anything, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know someone that does not Oh, you're special. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one of his grandmother's good friends was a yabero which is an herbalist okay, and also a spiritualist. And so she came over one day while they were visiting the family down there and was introduced to the grandkids whom she'd never met. Um, so she met her, his brother first, giving him a long concerned stare. And he says, I remember because it was awkward. <laughs> and then after the pause, they all just started laughing about it. Um, but then she got to George and gave him a hug. And paused, and on her way out saying, I'm going to try to say this in Spanish, uh, so forgive me if I pronounce this incorrectly, uh, comuna con los arbolos, 
which means communed with the trees. (laughs) What? I thought it was something about, I'm going to talk to your grandparents. (laughs) Well, you got the, you got the communication part, right? All right. (laughs) (laughs) So commune with trees. All right. That's what she said. So he, uh, George then says, my brother and my 10 year old self thought she was just a weird lady that liked to smoke cigars and drink pina coladas with my grandmother but my 20-year-old, 21-year-old self was standing there dumbfounded with what I had just heard. He says, I didn't say anything about what happened, you know, as a child, much less did I even realize I had that memory still floating around. So that's something interesting. Um, so back to the story. So they're all at the house. Margaret, Margaret's mom, Margaret's mom's friend, and then George. Um, and they're standing in the entryway. And George was was standing in the doorway, like holding it open and just watching her anxiously and hoping she wasn't about to double over or convulse or anything like that. Um, so she got to the house. She, she glanced over at the lower landing area, but didn't go down there first and then opted just to instead start walking around the living room area and then go into the dining room and kitchen and then finally upstairs to all the rooms. So she came back down, and when she did, she came to face everybody in the lower landing and said, this is definitely where I feel the most negative energy is coming from. The rest of the house is fine. So all of their fears were true. Something, Some bad shit's going on downstairs. Yeah. So she walked down the, you know, the handful of stairs and began uh, just moving about the place, inspecting the fireplace, the bookshelves, everything. And George was still standing in the entryway uh, with the door open watching. And Margaret and her mom were also in the entryway. So they were just, they didn't want to go back in. Um, Eventually, she gravitated towards a small wall to the left of the stairs and pointed to the small panel, which leads to the crawl space. And she says, what's in there? And George is like, oh, hell no, lady. Because he knew where this was going. Mm. And the lady was about to open the door whenever, like, George just had this moment. He's like, excuse me, young lady. You know what? Actually, maybe I should do this because I'm the man. And, like, I think as soon as those words came out, he wanted to eat them. He's like, why did I just do that? So they were like, yeah, you should do it. And so he just, he opened up the door and he was shocked and pleased to find it was just a regular looking crawl space. There was nothing creepy, no cobwebs, um, no weird structures, just some wooden planks and some regular looking insulation. So that's what mine looks like in case you wanted to know. Um, So he just poked his head in there uh, and found that the crawl space um, opened out to the left under the kitchen and the rest of the house. So it was dark. And uh, so Margaret went and grabbed a flashlight and he looked around as far as back as he could see um, and just saw that there was a light bulb kind of in the middle. And it was a single like uh, light bulb that you pull a chain or a string. Um, And then there were some boxes and some junk. And so it was literally just used for like a storage space. And he's like, looks good. (laughs) Don't see anything weird. And then the medium's like, oh, no, there's definitely something weird in there. 
And she turned to Margaret and she's like, so this was your father's house. Have you already taken inventory of what's in this storage area? And Margaret's like, I had no idea there was anything actually in there. And then, as if scripted, all three of them turned and looked at George expectantly. And he goes, you want me? You want me to crawl back in there? And he says it was supposed to be a rhetorical question. Of course not. Let's just burn the house down and call it good. Being his preferred, you know, response from them. But they were like, nah, you guys, you need to go, you need to go in there. And so at this point, George is faced with possibly the last moments of his life. You don't know what's in there. The ghost can kill you or whatever is going on. But these were his words that he told to the people in the house. He said, I swear to God, I need you guys to hold that damn door open because if suddenly because if it suddenly shuts or this flashlight magically stops working, I'm going to shit my pants and come bum rushing over there. (laughs) And then the medium is like, I don't think this thing is going to, you know, harm you anyway. So you're going to be fine. (laughs) 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 So he crawled back in there. And he made his way to the light fixture and he pulled the chain and it worked. So the whole place was illuminated. And then he just started to look around at the boxes. And so he, um, he shifts around and he's reading the labels and he's kind of calling out, you know, to his girlfriend, looks like this one's got clothing, looks like this one has books, this one has junk, you know, the, the usual stuff that you're going to just store that you don't want to deal with. But as he shifts around, um, to get to the to the left side to get a better look at some of the boxes in the corner, his hand comes across uh, something that feels like a slab of concrete rather than wood. He looks down, and there it is. He's crouched over a flat gravestone marker. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I believe, ah, oh, fuck me, was the exact reaction as he backed off of it. And they were like, what is it? What do you see? And he's like, "Uh, Margaret, why does your dad have a gravestone in his crawl space? And everybody started freaking out. So the medium lady uh, was like, we need to get the fuck out of here. And so he was like, yeah, cool. But before he got out of there, he, um, he read the name. He'll never forget the name that was on that grave marker, and it was Brittany Bagley, or Bagley. Um, I, I don't know how you, you uh, pronounce that. He says that he doesn't remember the exact years that she died, but she was super young, like a baby. Hmm. Yeah. So at this point, he's thankful that nothing terrifying has happened to him, and he crawls out of the, the, the space, and um, they called the city um because it looked like the gravestone was professionally made and it turns out it was supposed to be registered at the Highland Cemetery in North Glen which was a bit of a ways from her dad's house in Westminster um so that afternoon the city sent over a truck to reclaim the gra- the gravestone and they thought that there would be kind of a police investigation but it turns out the grave was actually undisturbed otherwise it had just grown over so no one noticed the stone was missing so i don't know that 
there was actually a body there. If it was just a gravestone. Fucking, all they always do is they take the gravestones and then leave the bodies. That's true. That's how you get haunted. That is. But if it's a baby, a baby can't do all that haunting. I mean, you don't know. I do too. <laughs> that, that baby couldn't even roll around. It's true. Um, so the medium was like, we should perform a cleansing act, like a sending off ceremony. So they decided, let's all go to lunch. She's going to go home and get her supplies. And he just said lunch was so fucking awkward that like he sat with Margaret and Margaret's mom and they all, you know, they wanted to talk to George about it, but they were kind of embarrassed. And so um, they just kind of ate their lunch in silence. And then whenever they were done, they got back to the house and the medium came and she used um, these long white candles with a paper wax catching discs. So I imagine it's kind of like what people use at vigils. Yeah. Um, she handed them out and they were instructed to put a single candle in the middle of each room, bathroom, closet, etc., anything with a door and light it. And then she instructed Margaret to leave every candle lit until they burned completely down and out on their own. And then she requested that they all gather in circle and hold hands. So she had us, she had them close their eyes and concentrate on picturing a tunnel of pure bright light above the house and then began speaking to Brittany, explaining that um, the city was going to make things right again and to put her stone back in the place where it belonged and that she would be seen again, but that she needed to let go and move on. And then the medium asked us to imagine um, carrying Brittany towards the light and letting it uh, envelop her. And he said he legit put effort into this. Um, just, you know, he's like, this, you know, this is real. It can't be anything else but real after all that he's been through. So as they envisioned the light enveloping the child, they stood there for a good minute in complete silence. And then the weirdest thing happened. He said that it got warmer, like the whole house jumped up five degrees from a dreary cold it had been. And that was pretty much it. Um, mm -hmm. They spent the next few nights with Margaret in the house, and there was no issues, no creepiness, no sense of dread. Um, he never brought his dog back, obviously. Right. Um, and then, but, but, you know, just a few weeks later, they broke up. He <sighs> thought, <laughs> this was weird, you know, for everybody. <laughs> it's time to move on, so... He was just like, well, that would be a fresh start. But yeah, that's it. It's hmm. a cool story, huh? Yeah. I um, have more to it. It's weird for a... Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's weird what? The whole... I mean, how the f fuck was there that... Like, what are the answers to why all that was there? I don't know what the answers are. It's a good question. Like, how, like... If there was a body there, is that what you're asking? Or if there was, or well, why the gravestone was yeah, there? Yeah, why the fuck did her dad have a gravestone? I mean, that's the question in everybody's mind. Nobody knows. Maybe he didn't even know. Maybe he just, he wasn't paying attention to just shove boxes back there and never actually got in the crawl space. Hmm. Nobody uh, wants yeah. to go into a crawl space. You're right. It could have been scary. that he got the house and that was in there. Yeah. Um. So... 
this is interesting. Did you know that there is a website that you can look up gravestones? No. So I think it's like gravefinder.com. Uh-huh. And what you do is you enter in the name. And uh, and if you have any other information like date of death, date of birth, location, or whatever, um, you can find a gravestone. And it tells you where they're located. So I did that. I didn't have a whole lot of information, but I did have Brittany's name. And I found the gravestone. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, let me see. I have a picture What's of What's it say? Um, there's not much on there. It just says, uh, Brittany Renee Bagley, or Bagley, uh-huh. 121892 to 4393. Ooh. Yeah, so this was a baby. Okay. That's interesting, huh? Yeah, like I said, babies wouldn't bring all that turmoil. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay. A baby wouldn't be able to scare the shit out of a dog. I don't know, Lindsay. I mean, it's a baby that has, um, you know, it's pissed. Do you like to be around children that are pissed? Um, you know, that's, is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> 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 No. I mean, do babies really get pissed? Well, I mean, kids have temper tantrums and stuff. I guess so. They have all these feelings and weird stuff happening to them that they don't know how to express, so they just cry and scream. I bet that doesn't freak dogs out. I don't know. Either way, it just seems weird that it was a very <laughs> young kid that was, I don't know. I want to do more research on that and like, the age of spirits. Okay. I mean, a baby can't be evil you're not born evil no you're not born evil right evil is mm-hmm. created mm-hmm. and like learned yeah so how could that baby re- like do all that well I guess um, we're anthropomorphizing this too much maybe what are you saying we're what I'm saying is we're giving um, a spirit or a ghost human qualities? Oh, okay, yeah, you're right, girl. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, thanks for that. What is that word? <laughs> Anthropomorphizing. I can't remember. Okay, I'm gonna look Do, it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not right now, though. Okay, that's fine. I want you to get back on FaceTime and look at me right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doesn't that look funny? Yeah, it does. <laughs> looks like your it looks like your microphone is a penis going to your forehead. <laughs> I didn't think you were gonna think that. <laughs> Why wouldn't I think that? Uh, I don't think you talk about penises. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Except whenever we were on the beach in uh, Okinawa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and I both found um, coral that yeah. we thought looked like penises, but we found them separately. And then later we were like, penis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm totally a child. I took heart. a picture of mine on Snapchat and wrote penis across it and then threw it back <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> yeah, I think I just looked at mine and put it back down. So <laughs> It's funny. Yeah. Well, shit, George. 
Yeah. I'm glad you dropped that hoe. I'm just, I don't know that she's a hoe. I'm just kidding. I'm glad you dropped that. Because you don't... I mean, first of all, you end up with someone who, you know, we really love. Yeah. Um, But dang, yeah. I don't... I don't know if people could really stay with somebody with all that shit going on. After a trauma. Yeah. I wouldn't want to stay in the house. Yeah, it's a lot. I'd be like, it's never going to work out. <laughs> well, cle- well, I mean, that's what happened. They knew that. Yeah, it never worked out. It didn't work out. It can't. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We got about um, seven minutes left until we're out of time. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say one more thing about Santeria. It's also, it's the worship of saints, and there's like a little bit of Catholicism wrapped up in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But it was in the 2000s that, it, like, I don't think that animal sacrifice is a normal ritual that they, you know, they're supposed to practice, but mm-hmm. there was a lawsuit against the religion for animal cruelty. Oh, gotcha. In the okay. 2000s, I think. And so that's where I got that from. Okay. But like I said, it doesn't mean they all do it. It just means... That's what they got, like, plagued with, unfortunately. I see. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Woo. Woo. Well. Well. I guess that's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. If if you'd like for us to read your stories, we'd be more than happy to, and you can send them to I Have a Strange Story podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. And if you rate or review us, please take a uh, snapshot of that. Snapshot of that. Jeez. Um, send it to our email address and we, with your physical address, and we will mail you some stickers. Huh? Um, if you have anything that you want to mail us, or if you want to mail us your, um, your story, send it to P.O. Box 2292, Georgetown, Texas. That's G-E-O-R-G-E-T-O-W-N 78627. And that's all. Thank you, George. That's all, folks. (laughs) I guess until next time, then. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.